Beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, it's jarring for me when I come into the church because we had beautiful green out, and all of a sudden it's gone. People don't even realize the work it takes to to change everything. But we changed it for a reason. One, we're through with the Pentecost season. We said goodbye to Pentecost Saturday morning. But the other is we start the great apostles fast on Monday morning. And so this weekend is that transition as we prepare to go into the the apostles fast in preparation for the feast of Peter and Paul. We've been on quite a journey over these months. We walked with Jesus throughout the course of the year. We've listened to his teachings. We've seen the miracles he's done. Then we began to enter with him in his passion. We heard about his high priestly's prayer, how he tries to reinforce to his apostles and to us through them that Jesus Christ is true God and true man. Then like a grain of wheat, he died. And like a grain of wheat, it sprung into new life. He rose from the dead, transfigured, but still a human body, having all the imprints of his passion in his flesh. He was taken up from us, but he said it is good that he goes, because if he goes, he would send the paraclete that would teach us all things. He felt it more important for him to leave than to have a multiplicity of Jesuses walking around the earth. Because Jesus had a greater vision in mind of his life within us, not just walking about with us. But that life within us could not take effect without his ascension and his presence being passed to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He told, and they heard in the Matins Gospel today, to baptize all nations. We're baptizing into Christ. We are clothed with Christ, as it says in Galatians. But that body, that new life, has to be enlivened, has to be quickened, has to be sustained. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. So we've seen... His life, His death, His resurrection, His ascension, and the ascent of the Holy Spirit. Why? To build up the kingdom of heaven. And we see the fruits of all that Jesus has done by this feast we celebrate today. The grapes hanging from the vine, ripe, are all the martyrs and the men and women who have lived lives in keeping with the gospel. That is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Living a life with the faith in Christ, in someone they cannot see, but they believe in the the concrete reality of His existence. And that is the definite, that's faith. As the Hebrew letter of the Hebrews says, faith, and the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things unseen. It's believing concretely in everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did for us and what our life will be concretely, even though we can't see it. It's above reason. 
Reason helps us to come to understand it to some extent, but faith goes beyond that. And those men and women that suffered and died horrible deaths for their profession in Christ had to believe that concretely. Or why do it? They weren't professing an ideology. They were professing a person. Jesus Christ, true God and true man. And the life that can be ours if we live through him. And so we're called to do the same. We're called to have that same faith. Some had the faith, and they were empowered to endure great sufferings, right? All the martyrs, sought into, put to death as sword born, crucified, all these things that are still going on today. Nothing's changed. But then there are those men and women who have lived faithful, saintly lives, heroic lives, in someone and living it for someone they believe concretely, though they have not met them in person as I meet you. That is the power of faith. This Sunday could be called the Sunday of faith. Because the witnesses that are gone before us are living a life of faith. They have lived the words that ended in our epistle today with the Hebrews. They have ran with endurance the race set before them. And they've kept their eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of all. Our faith. They did not get distracted. They did not get derailed. They kept their eyes firmly fixed on the truth of Jesus. And some would lose their life for it. Some would endure just difficult lives because of the world that they lived in. Just like you and I are enduring today. But we have been clothed with Christ. We have been livened by the power of the Holy Spirit through our chrismation. That body of Christ within us is alive and fed on the Eucharist. We're called to have that concrete faith in something we cannot see or touch. And to be willing to die for it. But we're not all called to great, heroic, extraordinary acts. The Holy Spirit determines who's going to do what. Who's going to suffer this way? Who's going to suffer that way? Who's going to live a long, gentle life this way? We just look at the apostles. They all deal with something differently. And John was allowed to die a natural death. We look at the newspaper and we look at the video clips and we see all the trouble in the world and we see the fruit of our sinfulness. The fruit of a sinful people who have lost sight of Jesus or have never known them. They didn't know what they didn't know. And nobody's been around to show them. No one's had the courage to stand up and say, this is how you live the life. They haven't had an example or a model to follow. 
For we're called to that, the gospel says. We're called to bear witness to Christ. If we deny Him, He will deny us. We're supposed to put Him above anything else. He is to be the reference of everything in our lives. And if we do that, everything else falls in a proper order. An order of love. An order of peace. And that's how we know Christ is living in us, within the peace that we have within us. That's kind of the barometer we use. How am I doing in this life of Christ? But we see all that the, the saints have done. There was teachers, there was orators, there was martyrs. There were simple men and women living their lives. But what about me? What about you? Well, as I said, maybe some of you are called to some heroic act, and maybe you're not. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. That's up to the Holy Spirit to decide. But we have to do something. We have to live our life concretely in the life in Christ. You look around us and you see the sinfulness. What can be done? What can be done? There's a beautiful spiritual hymn. It says, There's a balm in Gilead that heals a wounded soul. There's a balm in Gilead that heals a sin-sick soul. If you cannot preach like Peter, if you cannot preach like Paul, then tell the love of Jesus. And how he died for the sins of all. You see, we don't have to be the great orators. We don't have to be the great martyr unless God calls us to be. We may not be able to pray those deep prayers as St. Paul or St. Ephraim or many others. But we certainly can tell of the love of Jesus. How you have personally experienced that love. People will only believe you if it's authentic. Yelling and screaming will not accomplish anything. We just have to look to the north here a few blocks. It only creates a worse atmosphere. It's only when people are calm and peaceful and recollected. Can people begin to work together and progress and move forward? Saint Ephraim the uh, Saint Sarab, excuse me, Saint Sarabim Sarab, he will go on and on. It's probably one of the most quoted lines of him. If you have peace, inner peace, you will save a thousand souls. Because that's kind of your world of influence. If you have inner peace, that means. That inner peace that comes from the belief, the concrete belief and faith in Jesus, you will change people just by being you, by being kind and merciful and loving and forgiving and all those things Christ has told us to do and helping. And when someone offends us, then we go and help them. We turn the other cheek when slapped. If someone wants our cloak, we give them our cloak as well. All these things. 
That's how we live saintly lives. You and I are called to be the balm that goes out and heals the sin-sick soul. You and I are called to do that. We can't let somebody else do it. But we can't do it unless we have peace in our own heart. The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things unseen. So we must run with endurance the race set before us, as Paul says, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and not become distracted. So if you cannot preach like Peter, and if you cannot pray like Paul, you can tell of the love of Jesus and how he saved died for the sins of all. Because there is a balm of Gilead that heals a wounded souls. There is the balm in Gilead that heals the sin-sick soul. You were called to be the balm of the earth and to heal souls by your own loving, kindness, and forgiving person, by being that to others. So let us do as all the saints have done before us, not become distracted. Keep our eyes fixed. And we keep our eyes fixed, we will stay on a straight course. We won't cause any harm, but we will sure as heck cause a whole lot of good. Because if you receive, have inner peace within yourself, thousand souls will be saved. So be that balm of Gilead and tell of the love of Jesus. The saints told that in their blood for those who are martyred, in the manner of life that they live for those who are able to die a natural death. They firmly believed what they professed and received crowns of glory in heaven.